Hey friends, today we're going to be talking about shaping a melody. You may have heard that term before, you may not, but to me it means taking the melody beyond what's written on the page and taking it to that next level where you're really expressing through your voice and through the singing all the emotion that your character is going through. Um, We think of that as coming from our acting intention, but we also need to be able to define it by what we're doing with our musical intentions. So we're going to talk about shaping the melody. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills, and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. All right, let's talk about shaping a melody. You get a piece of sheet music. You're looking at it. It's a bunch of black notes. It's a bunch of staves going across. There's words. And your first thing is to learn how the melody goes. Your first thing, your first intention is let's learn how the melody goes. I'll learn the notes. I'll learn the rhythms. Then I'm going to um, learn the words, how they fit together with the melody. And then I'm going to do my character research and I'm going to um, work on my acting intentions and attach actions to all of my phrases. That's like a general sort of arc of how you would start to learn a song. What can be tricky is when you're thinking as an actor, you lose out on all of the opportunity of thinking like a musician first. So today, shaping the melody is really thinking like a musician, okay? There's an Italian word that is often used in um, music literature. It's also used in, in vocal literature, not so much in musical theater. The Italian word is espressivo, and espressivo generically means to play expressively, which I think everybody would sort of assume that they're playing expressively. So why do we mark certain sections espressivo? Why is it like, oh no, this section you really need to express yourself. What it does is it it tells the singer, or the musician, either way, for this moment, you really need to be leaning into the music to express your emotions, okay? In language, the word express means to put into words, to show your thoughts or your feelings by your words and by your actions. So if we translate this into the music world, you want the way that you're singing your melody, not just the words, but the actual melody notes to show people your thoughts and your feelings. And how do we get our feelings to be to come out through our voices if we don't have a word to tell them what we're feeling? Yeah, I mean, the lyrics are, are an obvious way of sharing how we feel, but how do we do it through expressively singing the melody? Well, let's talk about that. There's three different ways to be espressivo, okay? You can 
uh, adjust the dynamics which you're singing with, which would be um, the volume of loud and soft, diminuendo, crescendo. Or you can change the articulation, or not just change, but make choices about the articulations, staccato, legato, tenuto. Tenuto means lengthen, like certain notes just are really a full quarter note rather than a short quarter note. Portamento, where you're sliding between notes. And then the third area after dynamic and articulation is tone. You can actually play with your tone to help communicate your emotion. So I want to talk about each of those today. First, dynamics. What, how do we create dynamics if there aren't dynamics on the page? Like how, why are we allowed to do that? How do we even know like what the guiding principle to doing that would be? Well, one of the main rules for dynamics is you follow the melodic contour, okay? When a melody goes up into a higher range, you can crescendo, you can sing louder on the high notes. When your melody descends, you can decrescendo or you can sing lower if it jumps down to a low note. That's just a general guideline for all kind of singing. So if I'm, uh, my examples today, my first example is going to be memory from Cats, because why not use a really classic example? Um, where are those lyrics? Okay, like I don't know the lyrics to memory. When we hear memory all alone in the moonlight, I can smile at the old days. I was beautiful then. That's pretty much all the same melody, but there's little ups and downs at the beginning. And then at, by the end of that phrase, we've descended to a lower range. So here's how I would mess with the dynamics or follow the melodic contour with my dynamics. Memory all alone in the moonlight, I can smile at the old days. I was beautiful then. And end really softly. You guys, you know that when I do this podcast, I'm just picking random keys. I don't know what the real key is for memory, but this is where my voice is today. So there's all those little ups and downs. Yeah. It's ever so slight. But it makes such a difference that we don't hear every single note sounding the same as each other. And just those little slight followings of the contour make your singing sound so much more interesting. And they start to communicate how you're feeling um, as a character as well. Um, let me just tell you a quick story. When I was studying classical piano, the piano is not a sustaining instrument, right? It's like you press the key, it hits the note and it immediately decays. You can't sustain like a voice or a woodwind. And my teacher told me that no two notes should be the same volume because you're going from where the previous note left off and the previous note has already started to decay on a piano. So she said, the next note is always going to be louder or softer than the previous note. And it's an interesting concept because I don't think we we think that way as a singer. We're not purposefully trying to vary each note from the previous note, but it is true for us as singers as well. Your melody should always be growing or growing as in like getting louder, but it can also grow and get smaller, right? It should always be going somewhere is the point that I want to make. It makes it 
have more of a story on its own without even needing lyrics yet. And if you look at, um, you know, musical styles, somebody like Bach, who is a Baroque composer, you guys is going to get nerdy for a second, but stick with me. The instrument he composed on was a harpsichord and there aren't dynamics on harpsichord. You don't press the key harder and then the harpsichord sounds louder. You press the key and it plucks that note at the same volume every single time, right? So his songs use terrace dynamics where it's medium or loud or soft, okay? And you make these switches. And the way that he did that on a harpsichord, if you have one pedal depressed, that's one pluck. If you, you guys, this is the nerdiest thing and you probably don't even care about it, but bear with me. If you have two pedals depressed, it has two picks plucking that string, okay? If you have three pedals, it has three picks plucking three of that same pitch, okay? And that's the loudest. But when we get into using a piano, the piano forte is called that because you can play soft, you can play loud, and you can play everything in between. And when you think of a composer like Beethoven, every melody is growing and going somewhere and totally expressing his emotion through the dynamics. That's like the essence of romantic music, okay? Not romantic as in love music, but romantic as in the musical era. Um, So we as singers, I think, can take something on from this musical idea of dynamics of the pianoforte of romantic music and think of our melody as always shifting, always going up and going down um, dynamically. Okay, that was a long time on that concept. Dynamics should be pretty straightforward for you to think about. Get louder when you go up, get softer when you go down, okay? The next area that you can um, manipulate or make choices about is articulation. And in music, articulation is thing like staccato, which would mean it's short um, and separated. Um, Like if I did all alone in the moonlight. That would be a very strong choice. I don't think it's the right choice for that musical, but you get the idea. I'm changing the articulation. Now, if you think about a song, you know how songs sometimes will have a whisper chorus? Um, gosh, what's that really famous one? I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. That song goes on. And then all of a sudden there's a whisper chorus and it's also staccato. I'm a Yankee doodle dandy, a Yankee doodle by and by and the whole choir, the whole ensemble is singing it, and it is expressing a different feeling from the earlier part of the song. It's an articulation choice that the composer actually wrote into the piece to change the emotion of what's happening on stage, and then choreography-wise, that also changes how the choreographer is going to. Um, choreograph the movement to express that emotion. So you can make staccato choices. You can also make legato choices where some lines you want to be totally smooth and connected. And then maybe you'll have one word pop out as being staccato. Another articulation is tenuto. And tenuto is the idea of pulling a note to its full duration. So you could have quarter notes, um, Bum, 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 bum. Or you can have tenuto quarter notes. Bum, 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 bum. 
just the same tempo, but you're kind of like stretching them and making them really full and kind of fat sounding. That's what I think. They're like big, big quarter notes versus staccato ones, which are like skinny quarter notes. Um, another articulation choice would be portamento. And this one, oh gosh, I'm going to show you in cats how you could put in that um, memory example, how you could do it. But it's it's such a characteristic of a sweet and tender or bittersweet feeling. So here she does it. Um, well, she doesn't do it. The Grizabella character. Uh, what are the memory all alone in the moonlight? Here it comes. I can smile at the old days. So on at, I'm doing a, a glissando down or a portamento down. I can smile at the old days. Usually there's a lot of vibrato on the portamento as well. Um, and you'll hear people like Judy Garland do it a lot. Um, a lot of the golden age singers, it's all over their singing. So that's a choice that is never written into the sheet music, but you have to be able to find the moments where you could add that in. And it would be a beautiful expression of the melody. Let's look at, oh no, let me talk about the third area. So the third area that you can manipulate, and then I'm going to do an example where I kind of like show you all of these things, um, is your tone. So your, your music never tells you which tone to sing with. It never says sing legit here, belt here, do this breathy, do that a spoken quality, do vibrato here, do straight tone there. Those are all choices you have to make as a singer. And we derive some of those choices from knowing what the style is, right? So if it's a rock song, you're probably not going to be singing legit in your head voice. Um, and there's more to legit style than just head voice. I don't mean to reduce it to that. Um, if you're singing a golden age song, you're probably not going to be singing with a lot of straight um, twangy kind of sound. You're not going to be doing a lot of breathiness if you're in golden age, but if you were singing a jazz song, you might put more breathiness into it. Or if you're singing a pop tune, uh, that goes up into a higher range, a lot of times pop singers will add a lot of breath quality to that upper range instead of having, instead of having a lot of resonance, like a legit singer would sing up there. All right, so let's take those three concepts of dynamic, articulation, and tone, and I'm going to sing a little bit of um, her voice from The Little Mermaid. I'm feeling like a bass today, so singing a men's song is actually a great choice. Um, okay, so let's just start where Eric is singing, somewhere there's a girl who's like the shimmer of the wind upon the water. I already made that more interesting. If you look at the... <laughs> I can't help it. If you look at the music, it's just just eighth notes. And it's this kind of cyclical melody. What you want to do first is follow that uh, contour of the melody and choose some dynamic variation. So every time I go up to the high note, there's a little crescendo. And when I come off of it, there's a little demendo, demendo, diminuendo. Um, so that creates more interest already. Somewhere there's a girl who's like the shimmer of the wind upon the water. And now I would say make some choices about your articulation. 
when are you going to lean in a little bit more? When are you going to put an accent on some of the words? Somewhere there's a girl who's like the shimmer of the wind upon the water. Somewhere there's a girl, shimmer, wind, water. Those happen to be strong beats in the music. Um, and they're the points where you get to the highest note. So you want a natural accent on those already. Um, as far as tone quality, I think a lot of this can be just like great, legit singing. Somewhere there's a girl who's like the shimmer of the wind upon the water. Maybe there's some tone choices at the end on water. Going on, you're going to keep those same ideas going. Somewhere there's a girl who's like the glimmer of the sunlight on the sea. What did I do on sunlight? I made those eighth notes. I didn't really retardando. I didn't slow down. Um, you could make that choice, but you've got to start talking to your musical director if you're going to start changing tempo for the whole orchestra. But I, I stretched the eighth notes. I made them tenuto eighth notes. It's almost like a back phrase where you're pulling it longer over the bar line, but I'm still landing on the downbeat with the orchestra, the orchestra in my mind, because there is none right now. So again, that's somewhere there's a girl who's like the glimmer of the sunlight in the sea, right? It's kind of like, bah, 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 bah. it pulls out that part of the melody. And likewise, it pulls out that image of the sunlight on the sea. Ooh, that's exciting. That's different than the end of, end of the previous phrase, which was shimmer of the wind upon the water, half note, half note. We don't have that in this phrase. We just land on sea, right? A sunlight on the sea. That's an opportunity to let the, the crescendo happen there. That's also like a tone quality where you could lean into your resonance a little bit more, tone choice there. Okay. Um, I hope this is making sense without having sheet music in front of you. Going on, the next lyric is, somewhere there's a girl who's like a swell of endless music down in the basement for me. This is a great opportunity. I love this. Okay. So we've got our dynamic. Somewhere there's a girl who's like a swell. Right. The music's going up and down. The melody of uh, the dynamic is following the melody. And then we get something we haven't heard at all. We get a bar of quarter notes. Swell of endless music. Bum, 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 bum. And the lyrics here are very indicative of some of the choices, okay, that you should make. You're saying there's a girl who's like a swell of endless music, a swell, a surge. So I'm thinking of dynamic swell getting louder. And if I follow the contour, it will be on the highest note. Somewhere there's a girl who's like a swell of endless music on of, okay? You can let that note blossom. You can make it a little bit longer, make it tenuto, really pull the length out of that and make the dynamic increase on that. And you can add more vibrato on it. And that, oh, is going to be such a juicy way to sing it instead of, instead of just, girl is like a swell of endless summer, blah, 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 blah. I'm singing the quarter notes, right? I'm singing the melody, but I'm not expressing what's happening in the music there, okay? 
um, blah, 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 of music. That could be a cool moment to have a, a color change. Um, for me, it goes very low. So it's going to be dynamically softer, but you could also add in more breath to that. Like the swell of endless music. That might be a little too pop sounding for this, for Eric. But if you're singing it in a cabaret and maybe you're a girl singing it or maybe you change the key, whatever it is, um, that would be a neat choice to, to possibly make. And then let's look at this last phrase of this section. Somewhere she is singing and her song is meant for me. Okay. We get, this is the last bit before the chorus of, and her voice, right? And what's great about this, <laughs> excuse me, you get another series of quarter notes, like we just had on Swell of Endless. These ones are, uh, somewhere is a singing and her song is meant for me. Song is meant for me. The meaning of the lyric feels very deliberate. It's meant for me. It's mine. I, I'm going to get it. She's sending it to me. It's it's my purpose to receive it, right? So what I would do, instead of that sort of swelling vibe on the previous bar of quarter notes, this one I would really make more deliberate and pull each length very long. So make them tenuto here. Somewhere she is singing and her song is meant for me. You feel that? It's like... Ba, bee, ba, ba, ba. It's like really intentional and declaring and deliberate. Those are all words of the, the feeling of it that comes across in the way that you're singing quarter notes, basically. Um, but that is one, two, three. I think that's 16 bars right there. Not that you would choose those 16 for an audition, but taking the melody phrase by phrase and applying those three key ways of shaping a melody that what am I doing with the dynamics here? How am I getting softer or louder depending on the contour of the melody? And then going through and also thinking, what are the articulation choices? Is there something that I could make short? There wasn't really anything in this example because this is a very, um, you know, soaring sort of ballad, very legato. So a staccato choice didn't make sense, but there were lots of legato and tenuto choices you could make. And then also think about the tone choices. That's your third thing. How can I adjust my tone as I'm following this melody to bring out certain lyrics, to bring out a certain feeling on those lyrics? And one last sort of tip that I have for you as you're doing this to your own music, uh, to your own songs, is to start first just singing the melody you could hum it, you could sing in la la la, doo dee da, whatever, you know, fake syllables you want, but to really get a sense of what the music is wanting to do on its own before you introduce the lyrics. Um, when I hear, <coughs> excuse me, when I hear, that makes me want to do something. I changed my syllable on, right? Like that. There's something when you get to those two half notes and the chords that are underneath them, like I'm imagining those chords because I know the song, hopefully you are too. It feels magical and mysterious and enchanting and like entrancing all of that, which is what's going on with Eric, right? He is entranced by this voice. And 
you don't even need the lyric to have that feeling. So go through it and and think like an instrumentalist first. What does your voice want to do? What does your spirit want to do as you sing it? And then go through and start singing it on the words and think, okay, now are there clues from the lyrics? Like that moment when I was talking about there being a swell of endless music and oh, I can swell my volume here. I can have a more legato feeling. I could have more vibrato. All of that would communicate that lyric idea. So that is another way you can can sort of take this exercise to the next level, not just shape the melody and the lyrics all at once, but really separate them and see what clues you can get from each of those um, elements of the song, right? Music and lyrics, those are the two elements of song. Okay, you guys, I could do this all day. If you have other songs that you're interested in hearing me work through like this, like maybe an up-tempo song, or if you've got something you're working on, send me an email or send me a DM on Instagram at Koryamaoka, and I can pop this in another episode, or I could even do um, like a live on my Instagram, which... When you're on Instagram, you can actually play selections of the music. <laughs> um, so that might even be extra helpful. But yeah, send me a message. I would love to hear the songs that you're working on and include that in future podcasts. Um, what else do I need to say? Sign up for my email list. I send this kind of stuff in written form every week to my email list. It's really a cool community of performers and also educators. I have a lot of um, college professors on my email list and fellow vocal coaches. And we're all just trying to like work together and find new ways of explaining things so that our students understand them and can have breakthroughs. I know I always love watching other people teach because I get all of their special things that they do and I can incorporate it to what I'm doing. So go to koryamaoka.com. You can sign up for my email list. Um, and then, yeah, be sure to tune in next week uh, right here on Studying the Song. I hope you're well until then. I will see you soon.